0: Well, happy New Year's Eve, everybody, and big welcome to Grace to all of you. Uh, My name is Derek, and I want to welcome those online as well. So glad that you're with us. Um, I'm just curious. Anybody celebrating tonight? We got some partiers in the house? Okay. We got some folks who like to celebrate. Excellent. 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 I got to tell you, um, there may be some of us, and the reason for celebration is because 2017 was an amazing year, and as we look back, there's just so many wonderful things that happened, and so we're just kind of celebrating all that, that took place over the past year. For others, uh, maybe your celebration is that you just made it through, <laughs> that, that this year was one that you don't necessarily want to reflect back on, but um, but you're just happy that, that somehow God got you through it, and we're starting fresh with 2018. But whatever the case, celebrating is a really, really important thing, and um, actually today, uh, that's, that's the word that is very fitting, because we are going to do some celebrating here at Grace, and... Um, What we're going to do toward the end of the service, just to give you a heads up, we're going to be taking time to celebrate a God moment in your life. And uh, this is not a God moment for Grace Community Church. This is not a God moment from the Bible. This is actually a God moment from your life that is personal to you. So here's what I want you to be thinking about. And we'll come back to this toward the end of the service. I want you to be thinking about a time when God was real in your life unmistakably clear. Somehow you had a clear sense of God's presence. You encountered God some way. Maybe there was a a prayer that just was answered and there's no other good explanation than this was a God thing that happened. So I want you to just sit with that for a little bit, be thinking about that, and we're going to come back toward the end of the service and we're going to be spending some time celebrating that God moment. And the reason that we're going to be doing that is because... It's actually really important, because this journey called faith it's hard, isn't it? I mean, sure, we have great times and good moments, but um, at times it's a real struggle, and if we're going to be honest, uh, there are moments where we question and we doubt and uh, we lose hope and we lose sight of the things that are important and um, and There are times when, in the midst of those struggles, God can seem incredibly far away. I know, for me, you might think, oh, well, you know, Derek's a pastor. Surely he doesn't have those sorts of struggles. Uh, But I do, and and I actually probably have them uh, more than many of you here. Just kind of the way that I seem to be wired and curious and questioning and somewhat skeptical and uh, it doesn't help that my wonderful wife is a pediatric nurse in an emergency room because man, she comes home with these stories that are just gut-wrenching things that, that she's experienced and things that are happening. And I got to tell you, sometimes I hear these things. And um, even though I've been to seminary, even though I've studied so much of the Bible, um, I hear some of these things, and, and it looks like everything goes out the window. Have you ever had an experience like that where, like, nothing you know, nothing up here matters because it's all right here? And in those times, it's a real struggle for me. And there are moments when I literally question everything about my faith, everything about God, everything about Christianity. And there are times when God really does seem so far away. And so, What I want us to talk about, and this is all going to come back to celebration, is what do we do? What do we do when we're just in such a low point in our faith? How do we combat that? I mean, sure, we can push into to church and we can surround ourselves with people who are going in the same direction spiritually as us. And that's a really important thing for us to do. Maybe some of you, that's a New Year's resolution just to, hey, I've got to make this more of a priority. I'm going to, you know, make church attendance more of a regular thing in my life. And we, we should do that. And, you know, we can, we can push into our Bible and we can read those encouraging verses about who God is and what that means for us. We can, we can immerse ourselves in Christian worship music and we can take time out to pray in those times where we're really struggling. But what do you do when you're doing all those things and God still seems so far away? You're just You're struggling. You're in a rut. You've stalled out spiritually. And you're like, God, where are you? What do you do? Well, I want to introduce you to somebody who understands this journey all too well. I want to introduce you to someone who is really struggling in their faith. They're having those questions and they're having those doubts And they're having those struggles and the person that I want to introduce you to we actually find In the old testament of our bibles We find them uh, In this incredible book of prayers known as the psalms and right in the middle of these 150 Inspired prayers to god in psalm 77 We're introduced to someone who's just they're a mess. They are absolutely struggling in their faith and um I got to tell you what's interesting about this particular person that we're about to read about is we don't actually know who wrote this psalm. We don't know whether it was a man. We don't know whether it was a woman. We don't know really anything about them. We don't know when exactly they wrote this psalm, and we don't even know specifically why. They wrote this. We don't have a story or a context or an event that will say, oh, this is, this is why they wrote this. All we know about this person is they were struggling tremendously in their faith. And I got to tell you, this psalm, where it might be a little bit difficult to read in places, will actually be tremendously comforting to those of you who maybe you feel like you know, the, the Bible is only really for people who just have rock solid faith and they never waver and they never doubt and they, they never struggle. They've got it all together. If you've ever felt that way, you know, the Bible and Christianity, it's not really for people who, you know, they're, they're just they're struggling. Well, let's check this out. Here's Psalm 77, starting in verse 1. This is what this unknown person, the psalmist, writes. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. That's bad if you're too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the days of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Forever. You talk about somebody who's in the midst of a spiritual struggle. It does not get more real than this. Will the Lord reject me forever? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? I got to tell you, I can relate to this. There are some of you who are here and right now, this is where you are. You feel like God is so far away. Others of us, we can remember a time when we felt this way. And we know that in our spiritual journey, it's going to ebb and flow. There will be times where it's really difficult. This is where the psalmist is, at a deep, deep spiritual valley. The psalmist continues, verse 10. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. So in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the doubt, in the midst of all that's going on, It said, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. So here is this person in the midst of their spiritual struggle, feeling like God is nowhere to be found. And in the midst of that, They say, you know what, I need to remember back. I need to remember back to the things that God has done. I need to remember back to how God has moved and how God has shown himself faithful. Now, this isn't just an idea that's unique to this unknown psalmist who writes these words. What we find when we read through the scriptures is over and over and over and over again, This is a theme with God. What we see is God constantly reminding his people, you need to remember when something extraordinary happens, when something miraculous happens, don't just, just move forward. Stop, mark the moment, and remember what happened because you will need to return to it later. It's a theme throughout the scriptures constantly god saying remember this moment remember this remember this one such moment i want us to take a look at is uh, it's found in the old testament in the book of joshua and uh, just to give you a little bit of background as to what's happening at this point uh, before we jump in so the nation of israel has been in egypt they have been enslaved under king pharaoh and um, they have escaped from Egypt, they've escaped from this bondage, and they have been wandering through the desert wilderness for 40 years. And um, as they've been trekking through, they have finally made their way to the edge of the promised land, the nation of Israel. And the only thing that separates them from crossing into this land that's filled with all these amazing things, and it's going to be the place that God, God is going to establish this nation of Israel, is this one minor detail. There's this river, the river Jordan. And so they're bumping up on this river and, um, and God gives a word to Joshua. And he says, okay, it's time to enter into this land. Now there's just one minor issue. It's the time of year when the Jordan is at flood stage. So not a trivial detail. Uh, So the river's at flood stage, but they're getting this clear word from God, it's time to move forward. Everybody, it's time to cross into this promised land. And so the instruction comes forth that what's going to happen is everyone's going to line up, and at the front of the line, at the front of the procession, the priests are going to go first. And the priests had an important job. They would uh, carry this really important thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And if you can imagine like a big wooden chest then overlaid with gold and all sorts of precious metals, uh, it, was, it was this huge chest. And the priests would, would carry this Ark of the Covenant. And this symbolized the presence of God. And so they would carry this out in front. And what God said, and this sounds and seemed totally crazy, is you guys will carry this out in front and As you step into the water, not before, but as you step into the water, God's going to part the water, and everyone's going to be able to cross through the River Jordan into the Promised Land. And so they proceed to march out into the Jordan, and sure enough, as those priests begin to step out into this flooded river, immediately the waters recede, and they cross through, well, actually, they stand right in the middle of the river, and then The entire nation of Israel proceeds through on dry ground. And that's where we pick up the story in Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. It says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing. And carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder. So these were not small stones that you'd carry like this, these are huge stones. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever now pretty cool moment but you know one of the things that hits me okay so there's been this incredible miracle a flooded river has just been the water's been piled up so that a whole nation of people can cross through it you think anybody's going to forget that anytime soon i mean this is almost too much for us to be able to conceive right nobody's going to forget this. I mean, everybody's going to be talking about this, right? Can we agree on that? This is no small detail. So isn't it enough that, that they experience this thing? Why in the world does God say, whoa, 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 now guys, I want you to go back. We're going to gather these you know, massive stones. I want you to get 12 of them. And then you're going to have people carry them all the way to where we're going to trek and set up camp tonight. Why in the world is that necessary? See, they've just crossed into a new unknown land filled with other people who are gonna try and defend their land. So they actually came armed for battle. They don't have time to be carrying huge rocks and creating memorials. What is happening here? Why is this so important? Well, God is trying to drive home a very important point. God knew that these people would need to remember this and never forget it. And so as they were crossing into a new land, filled with uncertainty and unknowns and all sorts of challenges and struggles that would inevitably come and times when they would lose hope and lose faith, what did they need to return to? They needed to return to something visual, something that they would see and would remind them of God's faithfulness, that God is with them, that they don't have to worry, they don't have to have any fear because God is with them and God is moving on their behalf. So here we are, the last day of 2017, and we're crossing over of sorts as well, aren't we? We're crossing into a new year, a new year that we're not sure What's going to be happening in 2018? We sure hope it's going to be great. We pray it's going to be that way. But inevitably, we know that as life tends to go, there's going to be good times, but there's going to be difficulty. There's going to be challenge. And maybe for many of us, there are going to be times this year where we question and we doubt and we struggle and we're challenged. And maybe there'll be seasons where God seems so incredibly far away in the midst of what we're facing and so, just as those Israelites needed those stones as a memorial to remember what God had done, that they could celebrate God's faithfulness at times where they struggled and they were weak, so do we, don't we? As we crossed into 2018, don't we need to remember as well? So, for everybody who... Is here when you came in, you should have gotten a stone, and you should have gotten a sharpie and if you didn 't get one, if you could please put your hand up and our ushers will come around and give you one now, if you are with us online this morning, I want you to just grab a piece of paper and a pen or something that you can you can make a note because we want you to track along with this activity as well so Here's what I want us all to do, is I want you to take out that stone, and I want you to take out that Sharpie, or your pen and paper, whatever you have, and I want you to think of a time when God was real in your life. I want you to think of a time when God was so unmistakably present in your life. A God moment, if you will. So as you reflect on this, and you're trying to think about what that looks like, when was that time that God was so real for you, what I'd like for you to do is take out that that sharpie, and if you could, write on that rock, maybe there's a word that captures that moment or that experience for you. Maybe it was a date. Maybe there was a place where you were where that happened. Maybe there was a Bible verse that just God brought so extraordinarily real to you in that moment. And you could write that verse on that rock or the the chapter and uh, verse reference. And maybe for some of you, you don't have something that clearly comes to mind. And so it's cool. Just maybe you want to put today's date on there, or maybe you don't want to put anything at all on there. It's totally fine. Um, So in just a minute, I'm going to have our music team come out, and they're going to lead us in a song so that we can, we can have some time to reflect and do this activity. Um, but while um, we're getting set up for that, I wanted to share with you what I wrote on my stone. So um, this is my stone right here, and I've got an image of it on the screen so you can see. Can you guys tell what that is? That is an iPhone. Isn't that beautiful thing. How spiritual is that? My iPhone right on my rock. So I'd like to explain, like to explain what that means. Um, so I've been coming to Grace Community Church for about a year. Uh, my wife and I coming together. And, um, this was uh, a number of years ago when the church was fairly small. And, um, instantly we, we loved everything that Grace was about and um, started to get really involved. And as you get involved and you start to take on more responsibility, I was doing all sorts of volunteer leadership things. And uh, one thing leads to another, a series of events happen, and all of a sudden I'm faced with this major decision in my life because um, I'm presented with the opportunity to come and work for the church full-time as, uh, as one of the pastors here. And um, so that might not seem like a big thing to you, after all, like you already know how the story ends, right? I mean, I took the job, so it's a little bit anticlimactic. But, um, but it was a major, major crossroads moment for me. And, um, you know, I, I loved the church, I really did. But um, I had a great job. I was working for a nonprofit in DC that I really, really believed in. Um, And then I started to weigh out, you know, like all these, these things. And Becky and I were trying to figure it out together. And, um, you know, one of the first things is just a practical reality. You got to pay the bills. And I don't know if you guys know this, but going to a church, that's not where you go to like make, make bank. Okay. So, um, just in case you didn't know that now you do. So uh, I was looking at the financial implications and, and trying to weigh that out. And then, um, the schedule's not super great. This isn't some sort of a recruitment tool, by the way. No one's going to be jumping in, probably. But the schedule's not that great either because there's kind of this thing that happens once a week called Sunday, and you've got to be there for it, like, every single week. So so we're wrestling with the, the implications of that. And then on top of that, um, you know, we really didn't have many friends or family members who were particularly religious. And so it's like, man, like how's everybody going to react to this? How's everybody going to, you know, how's everybody going to relate to us? And are they going to change how, you know, are our friendships going to change? And how how's that going to impact our relational dynamics? And I mean, some of you guys can appreciate that because you're here today and people don't even know you're here, right? Like you're totally undercover here. So you understand all of a sudden, if like you have the title of pastor, Grace Community Church by your Facebook profile or whatever, it's going to be a little bit of a of a thing. People are going to talk about it. You can't just run from it. And, um, and then to top it all off, uh, some of you guys know my wife, Becky. Um, she's amazing. She is not your traditional, typical pastor's wife. Let me just say that. Uh, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. And so we're weighing all these things. But as we're looking at all that, the thing that on the other side is that I'm just so captivated by this idea of being a church for people who don't go to church. So that it's not only for people who get it and who understand the religious rituals and references, but it's actually for people who've never been to church. That this could be a place that everybody could come in, no matter their spiritual journey, and be welcome and could be free to doubt and ask massive questions and say, I don't even believe this stuff. And we'd say, that's cool. We're glad you're here. Take some time to wrestle with it. Explore who Jesus is. I thought that was the coolest. I thought this was the coolest church on the planet. But, you know, we're wrestling with all these other things on the other side. And so we get to this place where we've reached our, our deadline. We had like a couple weeks to weigh the decision. And we'd take this, this offer to come work for the church. And we pushed right up against it. It's the night before. I got to make the phone call in the morning to call uh, Pastor John and, and let him know the decision. And you guys, literally, we were, so, we were so torn. We were so torn. We just did not have clarity. And it was driving both of us absolutely crazy. And so I remember praying, and I don't often pray like this, but I remember we were praying together, and we just said, God, could you just please give us something? Give us a sign. Some tiny little thing, just anything that would just tip the scale one way or the other. We we want to know what's the thing to do here. So the evening goes on, nothing. We go to bed, wake up in the morning. Wake up. Did you get a sign? Anything? Dream? Anything? No, nothing, nothing. You? No, nothing. Man, we got nothing. Flatline. No sign. I got to make the call. What are we going to do? So we just kind of arrived at this moment. We just said, okay, well, what are we going to do? Ah, what the heck? Let's go for it. Sure. Let's just give it a shot. I mean, God didn't give us a clear red light. So what the heck? So I make the call. And um, accepted the, the offer to come on board at Grace. Obviously, you guys know the rest is history. I'm still here. Um, so um, the day goes by. That was in the mor- first thing in the morning. The whole day goes by. Very uneventful day. Nothing happens. Now we've passed the dinner hour. We're into the late evening. And um, my phone rings. My phone rings. And um, I don't recognize the voice on the other end. It says, hey, is this Derek? I said, yeah, this is Derek. He says, this is Ray. I said, who? It's like, hey, this is this is Ray. It's like, "Uh, I'm not sure who you are. He goes, it's Ray from, from Grace. You remember me? Ray from, from Grace. Now, Grace wasn't that big. It was like less than 100 people. So you kind of knew everybody. You knew everybody's face. You didn't necessarily talk to everybody. And I didn't this guy, Ray, and I, we didn't run in the same circles. You know what I'm saying? But I knew who he was. I think I talked to him like one time. So it's really bizarre that he's calling me. And then it gets more bizarre because then he goes, um, I don't really know how to tell you this because, you know, it's kind of weird. It's never good when it's starting to go this way. You know, And someone's saying that, I'm like, oh, God, what's he going to say to me next? He says, but I had a dream about you last night. Now we're really getting weird, okay? So I said... Okay, And he says, um, I, he says, I just want to let you know, I don't do this sort of thing, okay? I'm a really normal guy. But but it was like, I wasn't going to call, but the whole day, it's like God has just been constantly bringing this to my mind and I can't dismiss it over and over. I'm like, well, okay, well, tell me what the dream was then. He said, well, it wasn't even that interesting of a dream. I was like, it's okay, just tell me the dream. So, he says, okay, well, um, in the dream, you're like at some sort of a crossroads or something. And he's like, and I don't really have much more for you other than there was just this clear sense that God's saying, go for it. You got this, just go for it. He said, does that mean anything to you? I was like, oh yeah, 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 we're good. So I thanked him. He's like, I hope you don't think this is too weird. I hope you still talk to me. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're good, we're good. Um, and I, I lift my hand to God. That's the last conversation I ever remember having with this guy named Ray. It was so random, so bizarre. And what's so extraordinary about it is that I was praying for this sign, right? And I got nothing. Decision came and it went. We made the decision. Twelve hours later we get this confirmation. And it's so reminiscent of the story in Joshua chapter four because the Israelites actually had to start to walk into the water before God started to part that river. And for us, for Becky and I, we had to start walking forward in faith. And then we got this extraordinary confirmation. And so that's my God moment. There's several in my life, but this is one that that I love and uh, I could actually draw it pretty easily on my rock. So I went with that one. So what I want to do now is I want to turn it over to you. You have no idea how important this activity may be, not for right now, but for a time when you will desperately, desperately need to remember that God is with you. So I want you to think. I want you to get a little creative. Take out that marker. And Grant's going to lead us in this song. Take that time to do this activity and then I'll be back to close us out. So God knew what those Israelites didn't know. He knew that when they crossed into that promised land, that there were gonna be things that were unexpected. There were gonna be challenges. There were gonna be struggles. There were gonna be huge questions and doubts. There were gonna be times of despair and hopelessness. And there were gonna be times when God seemed a million miles away. And so God said, don't forget the stones. Don't forget to take those stones from the middle of the river. Don't forget to set them up where you'll see them so that you'll never forget things get hard, times get tough, I'm with you. I'll be there for you again. I'll deliver you again. So what I want to encourage you to do, whether you're holding a rock or you're online with a piece of paper or something you just jotted into your phone, Put this somewhere where you'll see it, will you? Find some place in your house, your car, wherever, at work, where you'll see this at least once a day. And you'll remember. Because God knows we all need to remember. Let's pray together. God, we want to say thank you. Thank you for a day that is known for its celebration, the last day of the year. We thank you, God. For some of us, we thank you for all the great things that happened in 2017. For others of us, we just thank you that you helped us get through it and make it to a new year. We thank you nonetheless, God. Lord, I know there are many in this room right now who are just struggling, struggling in their faith. I just ask God right now that you would meet with them in a special way, that you would draw near to them, that you would remind them of your love and your goodness and your faithfulness and those times when you've carried them through storms. God, for all of us, Help us to remember. Help us to celebrate the things that you've done in our lives. I pray, God, that you would allow us to take these rocks and just put them somewhere where they would be a constant encouragement and reminder to us as we walk the rest of this faith journey. We celebrate you and your goodness to us.